0: You know, building up community with other photographers is important because things do happen. You know, accidents happen, car crashes, falling ill, sickness bugs. Divorces. The what? Divorces?
1: <laughs> I had, I literally had, the night before I was shooting a wedding is when my, my wife left my house. And oh I, really? And then, and then 12 hours later was standing in a ceremony, listening to someone talking about
0: love. them I suck. Welcome everyone to episode 29 We have just done back-to-back episodes with Landscape before Because Ross is here with me in my home I can that touch is, him right, no, I know, can, can see him. I can see him I can stare into his eyes and feel dreamy um, So we are recording a Landscape podcast We have... No, a, we're no we're not We're doing a wedding podcast We've done the Landscape podcast We've done the Landscape We're doing, the wedding, we're doing the wedding one And we have a special guest We have a special guest Who's our special guest, Ross?
1: Um, Well, we'll get to a special guest. A special guest is a good friend of mine. um, You have a friend? I do have a friend. Wow. Um, I have a female friend um, who is our first... uh, We've we've worked this out. She's our first female wedding guest Mm -hmm. on the podcast because we did have a lease um, on the Landscape podcast. But, um, yeah, she's um, a fantastic uh, friend of mine. uh, Quite excited. Really cool. Just good story. Lots of experience, lots of really good, useful information for people, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really interesting for anyone who's starting out, anyone who's trying to set up a business. Um, no, no particular reference to being a male or female photographer, but lots of different challenges. Um, yeah, I think she's, uh, I think she's going to be, go down really well.
0: Yeah, but in the meantime, how has your wedding season been?
1: Wedding season's good. Yeah, wedding season's good. Um, so I came back from my holiday in Italy um, and went straight into a wedding last weekend at Dumfries House. Mm-hmm. Dumfries House is a spectacular Oh, venue. that's the one you're
0: sending, like, the sofas, Ridiculous. pictures of sofas Ridiculous. and These stuff, yeah. These
1: sofas in this room, you're like, there's a room that you walk through, there's a room you walk through to get to the ceremony room, and it has, oh, am I boring you? Yeah, a little bit. Right, Sorry, me. I'm yawning, yeah. The sofas and the chairs, they're Chippendale sofas. Now, this isn't like, anything to do with the strippers. Okay, no. okay. The sofas are a Chippendale make and they um.
0: Are they made from Chippendales no there's no, just okay. some
1: sort of swirly flowery pattern I didn't really see the, didn't see the, but, uh, the chairs are 1.4 million and the sofa chaise long chaise long type thing mm-hmm. was 6.5 million or something. that's insane there was three sofas and six chairs in the room
0: and what made them so expensive uh,
1: the I don't, I don't I don't know were I, they I, old they are old okay. and, they, and they apparently still have the original receipt wow handwritten by someone in you know Fifteen or whatever. No, maybe not fifteen, but nineteen, thirty, whatever.
0: It's a big or, difference or between nineteen something. and thirty. I
1: know. I don't know how old they are. <laughs> I have no idea how old they are, but they are really. Do you not
0: expensive. Google it, no? No. I okay.
1: Honest. Okay. I, we heard a lot, but what we what we then? So no one's allowed to sit in these ones. Mm-hmm. No one's even allowed to stand on the carpet in front of them. Wow. But then there's another room with yellow versions of the exact same sofas that you are allowed to sit on. And, and they let and weddings start. happen in this venue. Yep walk through, walk walk, in and out the Prince's Trust bought the venue Mm -hmm. um, saved it from going into administration a few years ago and when they were doing all the insurance for it and the the value of the chairs etc that's when it came out that they were there's actually a cabinet in that room that's worth nearly 20 million
0: that's insane
1: Um, it's ridiculous but it was a cracking wedding, it was really good weather was fine, Uh, it's weird in Scotland that's the first thing you pretty much think of (laughs) yeah, Um, it's hot weather was fine, it was a nice day, it was quite sunny it was was perfectly good, It, it Poured with rain overnight and then cleaned mm. up all day. Um, Grim was challenging.
0: Okay. Challenging. In what way?
1: It just didn't really seem particularly... Didn't want to have his photo taken. Didn't seem very comfortable. And, feel, and, and most people, when they say to me, when they first meet, most couples do say to me, oh, I hate having a photo taken. Mm. Oh, I don't like getting my photo taken, whatever. But most people accept that on their wedding day they're going to have to get the photo taken. Did and, you do a
0: pre-weddingship with them?
1: Well, no, because they don't do that. And 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 uh, yeah, maybe maybe that would have helped. But I, can't ima- I can't imagine that would maybe have. Maybe it's your fault. I, t- to be fair, the bride did suggest it, and she came back to me and said that he wasn't up for it. But I I, I just don't think that would have I make it know. mandatory.
0: that's what I do it saves that hassle. So you I know just exactly what you're going to expect. I think it would have been twice the no, but then you know what to expect, and you work yeah. around it. So because we have yeah, that all the so. time, but we break them down.
1: Yeah, um, he, he was he was really good. I mean, he was smiling and and everything was was great, but he just didn't. Seemed as enthusiastic as, as perhaps as I thought. She was very enthusiastic. It yeah. was great. So, um, but it was a really good wedding. Really good fun. Um, photos turned out great. Went for a walk late on at night. Got some nice light. Was working with a videographer who I've not worked with in mm-hmm. five years, six years. Wow. And he said to me, oh, is it Ross? And I was like, oh, shit, how do you know me? And um, yeah, he remember him from before. I'm Fantastic. hate um, people like that. Yeah, No. I was like, oh, <laughs> man, I don't even recognize <laughs> your face. Never mind your name. So, yeah, he was, it was really good. Um... And yeah, I've started kind of doing a wee bit of editing with it. Done a couple of baby shoots. Um, that's not really weddings, I suppose, but mm-hmm. it's still portraiture. Um, did a a cake smash that was the one year old from when I did the newborn. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I did the newborn obviously? Then a year later, uh, it was actually the the father's sister who organised the shoot for them as a surprise. Mm-hmm. But the the, bride, the the sorry the mother um is one of these kind of Pinterest moms. Okay. Um. Which I'm. It was, it's fine. It's fine like, mm-hmm. It kind of shows that she kind of cares a lot about it and wants, wants a particular. has a an eye for a, a kind of good uh, image and stuff. So she'd looked at some stuff and whatever and, and we had a blast with a bubble machine, a cake, uh, a dog, football, the whole lot, the works uh, in their house. Sounds um, exciting. A little mini studio. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Just I'm, editing, I'm, I'm shooting a wedding with you tomorrow, mm-hmm. obviously, hence why I'm here. We have a big wedding tomorrow. Um, yeah, that's going to be a big one. That's, uh, that'll be good fun. And. Um, I've got meetings next week for my couples that are now in the rest of the summer. So I've got um, two weddings in August and one September that I'm meeting in the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Um, and I have got a couple of those bookings I was talking about the last time around, especially with the one with the pricing. Yes, yeah. That was my kind of first with full Dream Books package at them. Everything kind of laid out in the line and said, this is how much it is. And they've, they've booked me at the middle package. Was it the middle one? No, it was maybe the... Anyway, they booked me with an album, which is, which is brilliant, delighted. Um, so contracts went out for that and everything's...
0: Fantastic! So, Sounds good.
1: Yeah, weddings are actually yeah pretty
0: good. At good, excellent. Well, we we uh, yeah we had um we've had weddings every weekend and we we, we the royal we me and Louise of course me and Louise me um we had one last weekend and it <laughs> was oh where was it again? You had
1: problems with
0: your groom today. Oh you? yeah, um, beautiful place called Clooney Castle. Amazing. I've been waiting a year and a half to photograph at this place. It's phenomenal. It's not far from here. Big castle, um, great wedding, but the weather forecast was saying right where we were was a line between no rain and torrential flooding. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's like to me, oh, it's going to be a nice day. I'm like, nah mate, it's going to be raining, it's going to be raining. We had a little drizzle and that was it. And all the surrounding area around us flooding oh really yeah so really bad sort of flooding pocket, we, pocket. we just missed it wow. photographers were saying how it was like flooding in aberdeen and stuff and oh. we we're like great weather it was so good yeah it was really good and um, likewise a challenging groom who just didn't want to have his pictures taken with the bridal party the family there's a lot of complications we had um on his side, mother and father had separated, uh-huh. both had remarried. Not
1: that uncommon, to be fair.
0: No, no, both had remarried, but then the mother had separated from her Jesus Christ. second partner. There was kids from all the relationships oh, and Lord. it was like, he didn't really quite get on with his mother and a lot you. of variations that it? were very complicated, but it worked out in the end. She, the, the bride was brilliant, the groom was really nice, but he just was very impatient and I had to take him to the side and say, look, you might not want to do these pictures now, but I can guarantee you in three years you'll regret it. Yeah. So you wised up and did it. And then we did their portraits and then we took them down to the the, the pond. Um, which Where was, is this again? This is Clooney uh, Castle. Oh yeah, so there's a big, big, um yeah. a big pond in front of it, the reflection of the castle in it. And the bride literally had to hold on to the groom tight or he was going to fall in the water. Because he was stumbling all over the place. Drunk. he was uh, Drunk, no, very no. drunk. And the videographer wasn't going to come down um, big up to, to Chris, the videographer, I uh, think, from Boda. They were they were amazing. And I said to him, I said, you need to come with me. He's like, oh, no, no, it's fine. He says, no, look, the groom <laughs> up, might fall in the water. I think you should come and film. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we came down and did all that. But it was brilliant. I stayed right to the end and I was leaving at 12 o'clock, 12, 1 o'clock, uh, yeah, 12 o'clock and i was getting into the car and i looked up and saw stars and i thought i need to go back to the bride and ask her and the groom was paralytic at this point i was like <laughs> do you want to go out and do a night shot and she's like yes said, right okay well, i want to go down to the water but it's not going to work so we'll go up <laughs> so, <we're>, <laughs> so we took them around to the the, the side I got them all uh, to the front of the building so i got them all set up and as i was setting up my lights and getting everything ready the groom fell asleep on one of the stone seats <laughs> come up it was excuse brilliant me, excuse me but the photograph was good it was it was nice it's not what i wanted but it was still great quite happy. no it was, it was no you're close. not you're not and it worked out great at the end but they were a lovely couple great wedding great guests great food uh oh we had a we had a guest um faint and he fainted forwards and he landed on his face and he cut the Ooh, top geez. of his lip hospital yeah so he got oh, taken okay. off to he, well he i, I get I, his partner took him off to the hospital but he fell. Oh, yeah, yeah he fell, and I ran through to the kitchen to get the event manager. To say, look, are you first aid trained? She says yes, and as she ran out, she he slipped and went over her ankle. <laughs> she was poor woman. Oh, she's lovely. She's so lovely, and and she had to have it all iced up and everything, and she was struggling with that. And then the guy went off to hospital. He he split his eye open quite badly, so. um that was quite dramatic. So I got a photograph of him standing there and got a photograph that's of her. That's yeah, that's yeah, nice. I got I took a photograph. Definitely. Had to had to. Take a but it was good, it was good, but we have a double wedding weekend, so we've got one on Friday, uh one on uh, Friday, Friday tomorrow. Said tomorrow
1: said Saturday. Where's Saturdays? Then?
0: Saturday's at Thingston House with a lovely couple. They booked me over almost 2 years ago wow. if not more. So yeah. And then the wedding tomorrow is the that's events big, manager for yeah. one of the big wedding venues. She she booked us out of all the photographers. Yeah, that's And cool. um, it's a very different wedding. It's gonna be a blast. Lovely, lovely couple. Pretty, pretty high pressure. Uh, we've we've booked a lot of weddings at this other venue because of this 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 person yeah, the um, you yeah this exactly so yeah. there's a lot of people looking going to be looking at these pictures so mm. that's why I have you and I have Louise yeah, there's three of us tomorrow, of us us tomorrow room plus room. a videographer so yeah. it'll be but it's, it'll be good it's, it's just exactly because cool. Louise kept mine so yeah so that's been it so really good gearing up for next month nine weddings
1: oh of course next month's your big
0: one nine big, uh, weddings big yep big every weekend we have
1: much of a podcast on that month I don't know what well, the
0: thing is to... I've only got weddings scheduled in you know and the plan is to outsource every second wedding, so I'm going to be d- not doing as much. Uh, that's what four and a half, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> four, okay. four yeah. weddings. Um, so yeah, just just so I don't fall behind, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it, it yeah. I'm really looking forward to it, so it'll be it'll be quite good. But should we just jump into into interview? To, we're, yeah, we're
1: gonna go, go on and do it. I mean, say, um, she's in Glasgow, we're both in Aberdeen, so there may be, we're going to try the sound thing, a few technical issues at both ends, and um, we've just been informed that she's had a screaming two-year-old um, <laughs> to try and contain, uh, contain and put to bed uh, no correctly, but um, yeah, I think we'll just jump straight into it and um, and get started, so welcome in our guest. Let's get in our guest. Indeed. So, um, I'd like to welcome along to the podcast this evening um, a good friend of mine. Uh, Rhiannon, Rhiannon, what's your surname again? Loudon. <laughs> Good friend. <laughs> I was going to. Well, I can, can, no, this isn't fair because it's Rhiannon's confusing. business is Rhiannon Neil Photography, but her actual married name is Rhiannon Loudon. But yes. And um, so we've got Rhiannon from Rhiannon Neal Photography.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: uh, in on the podcast this evening, And um, we're going to find out lots of things about you and just any who you are, why you're in Scotland, what you're doing here and how you've managed to set up your kind of business, etc. So Rhiannon, why don't you take it away and introduce yourself and uh, tell us a bit about you.
2: Right, okay. Uh, So that's me, I'm Rhiannon. Um, I've always liked photography since I was a kid, but I never really thought of it as a career path. Um, in university, I studied journalism. So my degree is actually in journalism and communications. And um, so obviously, photography is a part of that. I did some film studies as well. Um, and when I finished uni, I started out as a journalist. So I was working for um, community newspapers, that kind of thing, did some work with nonprofits. Um, and I got to an age where all of my friends were starting to have kids, get married, And everybody knew that I had a nice camera. And so at that point, it was really still more of a hobby for me. It was just something that I liked to do on the side, did some stuff for friends. And then it all just kind of built up from there. Um, Friends started recommending me to other friends. And I started to get a little bit of a portfolio built up. And then I met my now husband in 2013. and, And he got an opportunity to move back to Scotland. So he's from Scotland originally. And we met over in Canada. Well, I was gonna. I was
1: going to ask, uh, you're not in Scotland at this stage, are you? Because where, where, we had this discussion a wee minute ago trying to find out where Rhiannon's accent's from. Yes. So where <laughs> are you actually right, from? Right.
2: So I am from Winnipeg, which is smack dab in the middle of Canada, um, right over uh, North Dakota. If you know the film Fargo, um, mm-hmm. that's probably the best way to describe it. If you follow ice hockey, we have a hockey yeah. team called the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> that, that's my Pick. that's my claim so, to fame.
1: And you and you met you met Paul and then came back to Scotland, basically, didn't you? Yes.
2: So Paul was over Paul, who's Scottish. She was born in Glasgow. Uh, was over in Canada working, and we met. Uh, and he had an opportunity to move back to Scotland for work. Um, and I had always liked the idea of living over here. I did my internship for uni um, in Southampton down in England. And my grandmother was from Glasgow. So when the chance to kind of move move over here and try something new came up, we jumped at the chance. Um, and that's when I decided to kind of take photography more seriously. So up until this point, it was really more of a hobby for me. I'd started making a little bit of a side income off it, but I still didn't really see it as a full-time career and um, but starting fresh in a new country seemed like the time to give it a go
0: absolutely because we, we discussed this before your accent you, you don't <laughs> have a strong canadian accent i would i was i i actually had to look at ross when he said you were from canada i was like she doesn't sound like she's from canada and you've only been here what, four years uh,
2: yeah four years now so I think I have a So weird... your
0: accent has adapted.
2: Yes. And I think what happens is when, when I first came over here, everyone made fun of me for sounding very Canadian. And you start using your own <laughs> words for things, right? So, for example, you would call um, what I would call pants, you would call trousers. So mm. as you can imagine, that, uh, <laughs> that, that made some jokes when I started out here. Um, but, yeah, so you start using the kind of terminology or the phrasing... Um, in the place that you are and then somehow that slowly develops into a different way of speaking so when I go back to Canada everybody thinks yeah. I sound quite Scottish and then when I come back to Scotland mm-hmm. everyone thinks I sound really Canadian again for a few weeks so I just I've got a weird hybrid accent it. now
0: <laughs> I love it I love it but it is it's, it's, it's great because in the Canadian accent in general is pretty cool I mean you I'm not gonna lie so? I, I like the Canadian accent oh yeah definitely I mean the thing is, we have we've had American guests on here, especially Stephen and Dustin, yeah. and they just sound really weird. They're from America, so you know, and we have quite a big American followers, so it's fine. Their accents usually weird, but the Canadians are like, you know, it's fine. We've discussed this in the podcast before yeah. that when we have like a when we have an American come on, they're like, oh yeah, one of their relatives is from from you know Scotland. We're like, oh yeah. Really? Oh, I've never heard that before. And it's like a <laughs> Canadian says it. You're like, oh, wow, where are they from? That's amazing. You know, it's, it's different. You know, we always make fun of them when, when it happens. But but you, you, you get tinges of your accent coming in out. But it's, it's awesome that you fat, the fact that in four years your accent has adapted that much you know it's probably just been riding all the Ouija's really it's probably what's done it, it must it? be I'm England's living right way. in the
2: heart of Glasgow yeah. right in Finiston, so that would do it oh
0: <laughs> Finiston. oh it's a nice area it's a lovely area it is it's good so fun. it's not too bad plus, my, my, yeah
1: plus you'll know how to pronounce the capital of Scotland correctly uh, unlike our American guests and listeners <laughs> alright
0: Stephen exactly how do you <laughs> Sorry, we make fun of Edin, Edinburgh, Edinburgh. Edinburgh, Edinburgh. You come from Edinburgh. Oh, I hear it. I've been to Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We love them, really. We love. We love our our um, American, American friends, except for one particular person who thinks that Scottish love them, but we don't. Mm. But that's a different story for another day.
1: <laughs> um. So you, yeah, we were. So you. Where did we get to? We've totally been sidetracked by James's love of Canadian accents. Um,
0: so you you came over, you started doing photographs of friends and started making the business when you are over here.
2: Well, so when I came over here, I really didn't know anyone other than my husband and I'd met his family, I don't know, twice, I think, when I moved over here. Um, <laughs> so it was really starting for, from scratch and I think what I didn't realise is how much I relied on knowing people back home. So... Winnipeg is a city of about eight hundred thousand, so it's not like a small town, but it's a small enough city. Um, and I worked at a very, very busy pub to put myself through university, so I knew a lot of people just from working in hospitality. Oh, I went I to school we downtown. It. Uh, so. Did it stop working?
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's fine. Good, you keep going. We just, you said you were working at a bar at university.
2: Right. Okay. So we, we lost home. you for but second there right okay so back home I knew lots of people just from working in quite a public <laughs> job and things like that so that got me a lot of work and then I came over here and realized right I have no friends here my I kind of have family through my husband but obviously they're not they're not my family and I had no network whereas back home I knew a lot of people in like marketing communications and things like that advertising and mm-hmm. um, so it really did feel like starting from scratch and then as you guys know and all the listeners probably know uh, it's of a saturated market these days, photography. Um, so <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> I like that. I was coming into a career that was seeking, you know, new talent. It's a very established um, industry mm. here, and there's tons of competition. Mm-hmm. Glasgow, in particular, seems to have a billion photographers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was really hard not to get discouraged at first and kind of trying to, to get out there and meet people and um, shoot local venues. And it took quite a while to build it up to be my full time job.
1: Do you remember? Do you remember how we first met?
2: Ah, I was thinking about that, actually. I think you were <laughs> one of the first photographers I met here, but I can't yeah. remember. Was it something to do with second shooting?
1: Well, you posted uh you posted something in a group on facebook sort of saying uh i'm new across here wedding photographer portrait photographer want to kind of meet people and we we went for a coffee in offshore Ah, oh, you're right and just sat and we sat and had a chat and a blether and a bit of a moan i think to be honest um about just what was wrong with the wedding business in glasgow <laughs> Um,
0: You knew she was married at this point though yeah You knew she was married at this point
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I was married at that point Yeah
0: but you knew she was married Yeah all right. just checking Just checking Ross Just checking
1: Um, So yeah we went We just we had a kind of a a bit of a bitch To be honest Um, And then I shot for you a couple of times You shot for me a couple of times And then you went off on your own And became successful and ditched me (laughs) No that's Um, not true No No but yeah, so how did you, so tell us, tell us how you actually, how do you start get what? how did you start getting clients?
2: Right. So the no, first the thing, thing was to build up a portfolio of local venues because anything I had done before was obviously back in Canada. And um, so I think the first yeah. thing I did is I put some notes out in the sort of wedding supplier groups and things on Facebook, just introducing myself much like you were saying how we met. Um, and seeing if anybody wanted to work together. So I met a makeup artist, um, same thing, just met for coffee to kind of chat about the industry. And she happened to uh, know a florist who was setting up a styled shoot. The florist has now become one of my best friends. Um, but that was really the first thing that got into it. So it was a styled shoot at House for an Art Lover. Um, and I met a bunch mm-hmm. of suppliers through that. So that's really, I think I set up maybe, where well, I was a part of three or four styled shoots, um, to get a few kind of local places under my belt. And then I did try a few of the wedding shows, so I did the Dundee one, which seems silly because it's a bit of a That's trek great. from Glasgow, but the timing was right. Um, it's what, an,
0: an hour, an hour, an hour and a half to An Hour and it's
2: a half. A no, it wasn't too bad. I end up driving way more than that now, so... <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's kind of I did a couple of wedding fairs um, I obviously like I rebranded. So I made myself a new name, set up a new website um, Facebook and Instagram and that sort of thing and then just started getting my name out there. And honestly, I don't think I could have done it without networking with other suppliers. That was huge for me because people started to think of me when they were setting up styled shoots um, or would recommend me in some of the groups, even though I was pretty much unknown here. Um, And then it kind of just took off from there with word of mouth and that kind of thing.
1: You did did have a studio for a while, didn't you? I did. I had a studio for about
2: a year and a half. But what I found is I shoot really documentary style. So I did have the odd couple who would want to meet with me. But in terms of the family and portrait stuff, 90% of the time, people either want to be shooting outdoors or in their own home. So I found for, I was paying something like £500 a month for a tiny little room. Um, So instead, we bought a new flat and I put the extra money towards a mortgage payment and that made a lot more sense.
0: (laughs) That makes a lot of sense, yeah, definitely. I think going back to, to styled shoots, especially, you know, there is people in our group and listen to the podcast who are getting into photography, getting into wedding photography. Styled shoots are definitely a great way to get work out there you know there is a lot of photographers out there who go and do a style shoot and then promote it that they've done a wedding i know a lot of photographers kind of disagree with that but I, i really think i think organizing something like that getting suppliers together and and taking pictures and and being able to take your time to take beautiful photographs a style shoot is a great way to do it and i think back in my early days if i had realized that I would have probably done a lot more style shoots, you know, to, to to help project me. It probably would have projected my my career a lot quicker if I'd done that way back at the start. And I, I, I think one. no, I've I've done a c I've done a couple before, um nothing nothing major, but they are just such a beautiful way to to explore, to experiment and to um to build on that portfolio. It really is is nice. And you can take your time, and you can design it how you want it. It's a bit false compared to a real a real wedding, yeah. <laughs> but that's not the point. It's about to shape, Look, these are the photographs that I can produce if you let me photograph your wedding. You know, and I think that is that helps build trust with with uh, potential clients.
1: Yeah, and you had uh, you had some serious issues with a couple of them, didn't you? You'd, I remember you did a model once, kind of didn't. You were uh, halfway up to Loch Lomond or something. And you were trying to find last-minute models because one of the because you're all doing it for free, really, aren't you?
2: Yeah, it's all kind of like time for for photos, basically. And I have Mm -hmm. had models pull out before, but see what I realized quite early on into the styled shoots. So because I shoot really documentary, uh, bringing models in doesn't work for me because models I think would work really well for someone who does a more traditional pose style of photography, but. For me, Mm -hmm. it's about capturing the interactions between people. So trying to work with models who actually have no relationship, I was never really that happy with the results I got out of it. So now what Mm -hmm. I do Mm -hmm. is I try and find real couples. So whether it's people that were married Mm -hmm. already and want to go out and get photos again or friends or just putting a message up in the group that I want a real couple and I get way better results because you get real kind of emotions between them.
0: Mm It's, it's it's true it's, it's 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 the same when you do things like workshops and things like mm-hmm. that if you get models in there's no connection unless they're a couple there's no connection but to me if you're if you're running a workshop if you're doing a styled photo shoot and you get a Joe Blog couple who are not used to being in front of the camera to come in and, and you can work with them, you can pose them. it's more authentic, it's more real yeah. and I think that's, that's definitely a good way to do it. It's also a lot cheaper than hiring models as well because <laughs> they are true. not cheap.:
2: And I think, I think it shows through in the work too like there are some photographers whose work I follow and their stuff is absolutely beautiful. but what I will say is um, people all look. A certain way, shall we say. So, you get a lot of that with styled shoots or certain, you know, blogs mm. like uh, some of the bigger wedding blogs like Junebug and things like that. You get these amazing locations, and the couples always look really boho. It's always like a tall, thin, tanned, blonde girl and a hipstery, beardy guy who's but like, you know, super handsome kind of. You always get that look. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: Sorry, stroke my beard.
2: <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, and I think it's really important like it's important to show people a representation of real people on in your work as well. Mm-hmm. So to me, if I looked at a photographer's work and I couldn't see someone who looked sort of like me in some of the photos, it's hard to imagine yourself working with that person. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of good to have real people um in, in your work rather than when you're doing the styled shoots necessarily using professional models all the time because you're just not getting a realistic portrayal mm-hmm. of a couple.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. It's true, it is, it's true. And I think I think a lot of people don't realize that. I think a lot of people when they do these things, they, they feel they need to have models because a model knows how to pose. But to me, having a real life couple in and learning and tweaking and and, and that helps When it comes to actually doing weddings and then pre-wedding shoots, it's why why I do pre-wedding shoots with all my couples is because it gives me that opportunity to experiment, see how they work. So when it comes to the wedding day, I know exactly what takes and what works and what doesn't work.
2: It's funny you say that because I do that as well. And I get other photographers tell me all the time you should be charging extra for that. I mean, I've built it into yeah. my price to, to pay myself for the time. Of course. But realistically, I get much better results if I get to know the people I'm working with before the day. If they show up on the day and it's a stranger, mm-hmm. there's no way they're going to be as relaxed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Plus, you get twice the amount of exposure online because mm-hmm. you can post the engagement photos and then you can post the wedding photos.
0: Cha ching. Yep, you've got exactly. Them-
1: the amount of, uh, there's a police car just went past this is, is this is old meldrum it's supposed to be a sleepy village oh no it's well it's
0: a sleepy village but it's it's there's, there's a, a lot of, of activity is there um, amazing it thing. might be the, not fire engines fire station just a couple doors up oh, okay. all right. okay. um,
1: so in the middle of all this you had set up your business it was things were starting to go well you'd met up with photographers and suppliers etc etc and then you decided it'd be a good idea right in the middle of wedding season to have a baby girl. Uh,
0: Sounds about yeah, right.
2: Yeah, something like that. See, it's one of these things that you can never really plan these things out right. So, yeah, that was the way that it happened. I got pregnant and found out that I was due a baby in the middle of July. Uh, so impeccable timing on my part. Yeah. Um, I definitely had a bit of a panic, I'm sure you remember that Ross, I'm sure I spoke to you about it at the time, Uh, but you know what, it was actually fine, I shot my last wedding at, let me think, I would have been about 35, 36 weeks pregnant, Um, and I did a newborn workshop two days before my due date, and you know what, it was fine, I (laughs) always had a backup in place, so even the weddings that I had booked in that hadn't paid for a second shooter, I paid for Hmm. a second shooter. Um, and I made sure that there was somebody there who was totally capable um, of covering for me if I needed it. I'm sure that person was you for at least some of those weddings, Ross. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I did I did two, I think. I, I did, uh, yeah, I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but I did two for you, I think, in the start of July. Because uh, that was my holiday, so I was able to fill in and I wasn't booked.
2: Yeah. And that worked out really well. And obviously having people that I could trust that I had worked with before and who had their own businesses and I knew were more than capable of covering it. Um, And I was really, really nervous about telling the couples about it. But all of them were great. Everyone was really understanding. And, you know, you can only plan these things as well as (laughs) as well as they go. So everyone was really good. Um, And I didn't take that long off because I was just at that point of my business really taking off. I didn't want to kind of just disappear for a year or 18 months. So I kind of came back really part time after three or four months, just one day a week kind of thing and made sure I stayed on top of the social media. Um, And I I will say I probably took a little bit of a hit like this year. I probably wasn't quite as busy um, as I would have been had I not taken that time off, but it's worth it. I mm-hmm. won't ever get that time back with Charlie as a baby, but there's always more no, time so. to build up the business. So
0: it's it's hard. I remember when when my first son was born, because Iris this is going back four years ago, and Iris went two weeks over, and I of course had to plan in you know paternity leave, uh-huh. which was from her due date because that's what I had to do, and and he was born at the end of May, and he was born on the Friday, and on the Sunday I was back to work you know and because everything had been scheduled in so it was it was horrible i mean it was so i couldn't imagine as a, as a female especially you know having to to you got weddings booked in and things like this and and um you know i know with our with our second one i, I literally told iris to keep her legs closed and stay well away from me <laughs> um because there's no way in hell we're having another child during wedding season and he was born in um february oh that's so it wasn't much better timing yeah I got I got to take a whole month off it was there great you
2: go see that's perfect I think it's one of those yeah, things it, that yeah. you just you work with it and I think if if you have made some good friends in the industry and you have people you can trust and you've kind of I think if if you've been sort of nice and supportive to other people they'll be the same way back to you and mm-hmm. um, so I I can only see it being a problem if you've been kind of one of these people that believes in the whole like everybody's competition and that kind of thing and you get into a situation whether it's having a baby or a death in the family or something and then you'd be really stuck so yeah. i think it's really important to kind of have relationships with other photographers
0: yeah it's, it's it's always that there was that that difficult question i think we talked about this once before where there was a guy whose son was taken into hospital and was on life support and and was quite bad and then oh. he had a wedding on the saturday but it turns out that the child came off life support wasn't critical and he ended up going to shoot the wedding and he was on the way he was crying you know but he had to shoot the wedding he didn't want to let the couple down There was nothing he could do you know being at the hostel wasn't productive or you know not productive but it wasn't helping Mm -hmm. so he went and shot the wedding and 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 the criticism he got because of that was insane you know it's like you know you do I mean it'd take a lot for me not to do a wedding and um you know it's, it's it's the same cases of you know building up community with other photographers is important because things do happen you know accidents happen car crashes falling ill sickness bugs divorces the what divorces
1: (laughs) i had i literally had the night before i was shooting a wedding is when my my wife left my house oh really and then 12 hours later was standing in a ceremony listening to someone talking about love and 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 i was like
0: Aye, all right. yeah no I, I i remember shooting a wedding actually not long after at my ex golf and yeah. split up with me and it was a bit rubbish but Aww. but you know take for instance we got a photographer up here called jonathan addy phenomenal talk for a great oh, guy yeah, yeah. he was in a car crash you know and he 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 should not have survived that car crash and he was in the hospital and he was off for months Um, he had to have his skull cut and removed oh, and all wow. this sort of stuff and but the community of photographers all came together and helped him out with his weddings. I sadly never never got any because I was out of the country at the time, so uh, <laughs> I also wasn't kind of part of that cliquey group. Right. So I think that might have been
1: kind not of a reason as well.
0: At but not I would have either. been I would have been there to help him because he's he's a great guy, you know, and he actually wants to come on the podcast. Oh, cool! To get him on the podcast. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that again. So right, anyway, back to yeah. our
1: current guest.
0: Our <laughs> current guest. Sorry, yes, yeah. sorry. I'm going to take a drink of my beer.
1: <laughs> there was two things I wanted to ask you about, Rhianne. Mm-hmm. And I haven't warned you about either of these, by the way. Oh, dear. Um, so we've kind of learned about you, where you came from, why you're here, and starting the business, etc. You dabbled briefly in videography mm-hmm. and, and trying to do that. And, then, and now you've moved away from that. Is that correct? I mean, how did you... Why did you want to or... Did you mix it? Was it easier? What, what was the plan behind that?
2: Right. So I studied both uh, photography and film production in university. So I did have training on both. I didn't just kind of decide one day that I was going to be a videographer because I know that really pisses videographers off. And um, So I did have training in both. Um, most of the stuff I did in school was quite journalistic. So I really liked the idea of sort of documentary filmmaking where I didn't really dictate anything but was just shooting very candidly throughout the full day. Um, I think for me, it was a case of which did I like more. So my biggest uh, turn off, I guess, with video is editing. And um, I really like editing a think highlight about, yeah. reel, but see editing those feature films where you have hours and hours and hours of footage. Um, and the other thing is it's very technical. I am not a technical photographer. Ross knows this. I am mm. not a techie kind of a person at all. I just want to learn how to use <laughs> the camera equipment that I have cheap. and do it well. Um, but I don't kind mm. of, that side of it doesn't interest me. So with video, you obviously have uh, the audio aspect as well. Um And I I started to put a lot more time into photography, doing workshops and extra training and things like that. And I just didn't have the time to do the same with video. So while my photography skills were growing and I was kind of getting better, I feel like my video skills never really went past the sort of intermediate um, stage, if you will. So I just kind of slowly phased it out because I didn't feel that I had enough time and energy to put into doing both well. And I didn't want to be one of these people that's trying to do too many things and then doesn't do a great job of anything.
1: Fair
0: point. Yeah, makes sense. So I kind of just... Video is just insane. It
2: is. It's a lot of work. And I think the other thing too is I think everybody's really up the ante with video. So now you've got like drone footage and you've got all these kind of fancy like gimbals and handheld things and um, the amount of time and effort and the cost of investing in all that new equipment, there's just no way I could have done that alongside photography. I would have had to choose to give it up. And photography is really where my heart is, so that's why I phased that out. Mm-hmm.
1: I remember, um, Rhiannon and I did a wedding together. I was shooting for you uh, at Earth Castle. I don't know if you oh, remember this yeah, one. Oh yeah,
2: that was ages um, ago. Mm-hmm.
1: Earth Castle. The guy who did. You, so did you? sort out the video package for that one i can't remember but i think rhiannon had got a videographer in to do it and his previous job was controlling the dragon head from game of thrones season one amazing yes yeah unbelievable this guy was like top level drone guy he was like absolutely phenomenal
2: mikey Uh, is fantastic he he was brilliant so he mm. actually, I had yeah, a couple good. of weddings still booked at the end of last year and this year. Um, and Mikey is, is far better than I ever was at shooting. So he's actually shot my last couple of video weddings for me and I just did the editing. Um, because again, my, my mm. skill set was just nowhere near his. Um, but yeah, he's, he's really good. And that's the thing, some of the talent um, that you see with video mm. now, it's just miles ahead of where I, I ever was. So
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I admire I admire videographers and, and to be honest I would love I would love to incorporate a video package because I'm finding more and more my couples are booking videographers and I would love to bring in a video package into selfie but the issue I think is people are still not willing to pay what they should be paying for a videographer and I find a lot of videographers have a very short lifespan Because they get into it, they're good, but they don't actually realize how much work is involved in editing a feature length video for for a a wedding. It's insane, you know, and and you have to be really into it to want to do it. If you're just doing it half assed for a bit of cash, you're not going to last long because you're having to sit through hours and hours of people talking, you know. Or at least with photography, you can outsource your editing and not have to deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) A photographers, edit. Check them out. I'll link them in the, bo- the post. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Rhiannon knows this. Uh, knows exactly who I'm going to be talking about here, but I'm not going to say the name of the company.
0: Who say the name? Say the name. Who is it? No, I'm not going to say oh, come the on, say the I name. Like them.
1: They're nice guys. Okay, okay, okay. They them, but they had. They took on a ton of work about. They started it four or five years ago, and they went stratospheric. Yeah. Like they were massive. And they couldn't deal with the yeah, backlog of work. That happens. Work, and it was. People were getting like 15, 16, 18 months, yep. not, n- no video yeah. at all from the wedding and they couldn't cope with it all. Yeah,
0: I think, I think a good videographer is usually around about six to nine months before yeah. they deliver the video. They get the highlight reel done and then you don't get the video for a long... And it's a long time because if you look at a lot of you know videographers in America, they have an editing team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But they're paying six twelve thousand dollars for a videographer. So they have someone who does all the editing for them so they can bash them out a lot quicker. Where we just can't we can't justify that here in the UK for doing it. It's a shame. I've got many videographers who are friends. I absolutely admire them, but my word, I just couldn't do couldn't do that work.
1: But it's slightly different the Rihanna moved back me up here in Glasgow compared to Aberdeen. Mm. The photography in Aberdeen's more and the videography's less. But in, in Glasgow, the videography seems to... Be, they seem to charge more. I thought
0: it was the other way around.
1: What,
0: is it the other way around? It I depends. Because go, I know I... Yeah.
1: Like, you got, you've...
0: I, I've got a... Sorry.
1: No, go ahead. You,
0: you, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm no, 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 ladies no, first, yeah, ladies no. first.
2: Well, I d- it really depends on who you go with, because, I mean, there's obviously, like, your mm. typical spectrum of people doing a full-day video for £500. I don't, for the life of me, understand how that works, but... Um, and then mm-hmm. you've got people all the way up to 2,500, 3,000. So I think for the most part, people still allocate more of their budget for photography, but there are people who are re- really videos their first thought. Like I, I know a few videographers who will recommend me and vice versa. Um, and more and more now mm-hmm. I'm getting emails from couples who have booked the video first, which I don't think was happening even two or three years ago. Yeah.
0: It is I I've got I've got a a friend I have a friend
1: James is
0: one friend <laughs> one, one one friend who's a videographer and this said photographer lives in the borders the borders between obviously Scotland and England mm-hmm. not that there's a real border there There's a line but the majority of his work is in Aberdeen because he can charge more in Aberdeen than he can in, in oh, Glasgow so, and, way, okay. so he travels up for every wedding ah. from the borders to Aberdeen stays with his other half in his other half's parents in Inverurie, but he travels up for every wedding because he makes more money. And why he moved down to the Borders, I do not know. It's a beautiful <laughs> house he has. But can you imagine driving up from the Borders of Scotland up yeah. to Aberdeen to shoot a wedding and then... I usually have to kick his arse, usually at the first start of the wedding, just to just to get him back into the mood of wanting <laughs> to do it.
1: Just to wake, wake him up.
0: Yeah, pretty much, no pretty much.
1: Um... The other thing, I'm just very conscious of time, Rhiannon, because I don't want to drag on like your entire evening. Um, You're
2: fine, don't worry. But the
1: other thing, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was, I know that you had, so you went along to a couple of workshops. And um, you went to one, I think with the, or you met the Gibsons at one and Emma Lawson and a couple of other photographers that you kind of met at a workshop where you did. Was that something you thought was useful? Or did you just do that as networking or how did that, how was that, was it a good thing?
2: Yeah, so I did a few smaller workshops that were just one day or like I did the one with Lindsay Bruce o, russell um, who's a Scottish photographer who That's lives right, yeah. in uh, Australia now. So Ross actually kind of pointed, pointed very to me jealous. in the right direction. Amazing. Um, her stuff is fantastic. So I did a newborn workshop with her, um, but the big one that I did was photography farm So I don't know.
0: Yeah, Louise has been to that a few times. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if they do one in Aberdeen. I think they only do Glasgow and then uh, wherever they're based, down in England. Um, And it it was really, really good. Like a lot of the photographers whose work I really admire were there. And a couple of them did Mm -hmm. speak at it. And then um, they had a Canadian photographer another australian i think there were six in total so two or three were kind of from the uk and then the other three were from elsewhere one was german and mm-hmm. um, so that was really cool to just kind of hear about how dif- you know how people work different ways and um, and it was interesting because mm-hmm. one of the uk photographers someone whose stuff i had followed his approach to photography was completely the opposite of what i would have thought just by looking at his work um so I mean it was really good um, in terms of just seeing how other people were hearing other people's stories about how they built up their business and it was all really positive nobody you know kind of went up and was really arrogant everybody kind of said listen we all mm. have to start somewhere uh, one of the Canadian photographers showed us pictures from the first wedding he ever shot and they were just like you know cheesy poses really you know badly edited yeah. probably how all of our stuff looked when we start out but I thought that was really good because his stuff now is absolutely incredible he's got like hundred thousand followers and whatever else and but he showed where he started so it was all really encouraging um yeah it was quite good
0: awesome we've got we've got a photographer who has done quite often does the photography farm who said he'd come on the podcast Ah. i won't name names until it's confirmed but pretty awesome dramatic photographer
1: The only only problem I have with the photography farm thing is that they, because obviously it's for people who are full-time photographers, Mm. the days that they host the workshops on are like Tuesdays and Thursdays and such. I'm always gutted about that.
0: I hear, I hear mixed reviews. I hear like the guests and stuff that are quite good, they come, but I, I hear a lot of mixed reviews about them and I think it's definitely good. It's a certain style, um... Louise my second shooter she's been down to it a couple of times there's a couple of photographers from up this that do tend to go down when they do it down in Glasgow and um, for me I have been on the edge of going but there's only really a couple of photographers that really stand out for me that, that I really like it's not really my clique cup of tea I don't know how probably the best way to describe it but because um, <laughs> i really struggle with workshops I, I yeah exactly yeah it's very alternative and I am far from alternative um but it is but the, it's, it's, it's workshops are, are a great way they're a really great way to go to meet people to to learn off other photographers and it's worth the investment I know some of them are quite expensive yeah. and it is it's definitely it's just unfortunately the photographers that I seem to want to do workshops are uh, who do workshops I want to go are all in freaking America so uh-huh. you know that's big bucks and I'm not ready to shut that out I've got to buy new cameras and TVs <laughs>
1: Two 55 inch TVs. Two. Here.
0: I just bought two fifty-five inch here TVs. Here One there for my office. <laughs> One for my living room. My treat. My birthday treat to myself. Ross is writing something down. I'm writing
1: down. A, I'm writing down my last question to ask Rhiannon before. We cool, and
0: here. then we can do a couple on the uh, Facebook group. Oh, have we
1: got wedding ones in the Facebook group. I think so. Cool. Right. Well, I tell you what. Let's do them first. Okay, then, oh, you and sure? Yeah. And then I'll ask Rhiannon, or like sign
0: off. So the first kind of the thing, first so. question comes from the, the this is on, on our Facebook group. I, I don't know if you're are, yeah, you're on the are you on the Facebook yep. group? You better yep. be on the Facebook group. That's I am. okay, I'll let you off. <laughs> so from the um the the very irritating and annoying American Stephen Van Elk. I'm not <laughs> gonna I try and do his accent. No, I don't think so. I think he says he says, I saw you mention somewhere recently that yes, you hired hang Ross hang to hang capture hang your well, you have to do it in his accent. Oh, I can't do his accent. <laughs> I would can't.
1: to read it. She can do it. I in can't do an course. American accent. Oh, no, her percent. accent's too...
0: Her her accent's better. It really is. Um, I can't is do... Sitting how sitting how can you do an American accent? <laughs> Even his accent, you know, he's from, like, a great Indiana <laughs> man. Yeah. See, so because he usually but, speaks way, quite dramatic, you know? No? I don't know. Anyway. Just, just, just read I saw back. you mention somewhere recently that you hired Ross to capture your up-and-coming wedding. I know you like Ross and his work, obviously but I'm wondering if either of you is at all anxious about this since it adds a new dynamic to your relationship I guess how does it feel to work for a friend and or hire a friend well we've worked together before well, all
1: three of us you've not worked with Rhiannon but I've no. worked with you and then no. she's and then but gone. we
0: we were kind of not friends first we were acquaintances we knew each other through a mutual friend yeah uh, which we've discussed in the past uh, <laughs> and um you got into photography, I think I gave you some advice and then I you came yeah. and shot a wedding with me first. And then I shot a wedding um, with you. I helped yes, you out no, the the one at um the one in Raymore cover, which the helped give me a discount for my iMac. So you did. Oh at Raymore House. Yeah 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 yeah. And we've done a couple of weddings, so it's fine. Oh, yes, absolutely. I think I think it's I think it's Stephen Van Elk. I think it's um, I think it's good to work for a friend, and I, th- I think it's very good to have a friend to work for you. As long as you know the boundaries and that they'll listen to you and do as you as you say, then that's important. It's when they start taking the piss, like Louise often does, and never listens to me and makes fun <laughs> of me in front of all the guests and tells everyone how much she hates me. Thank you very much, Louise Malcolm and Louise Malcolm Photography
1: not a friend of the
0: show not a friend of the show but uh, she does want to go. on but she wants to get drunk first before she does it which would just be disastrous but but yeah you you do a great job i don't I, I think for me when it comes to a second shooter i shouldn't have to worry about that second shooter they know what they're doing they know the score we work on the same workflow and it, it works great i know our editing is very different between the two of us but yeah. You know, yours is crap. Mine's great, but um, you farm yours out. You, know, <laughs> yours else. you don't even do it. No, I don't know. Um, but you know, I th- I think having good relationship and and especially if you're hiring someone to do to be a second shooter, you have to have trust in them and 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 you know be able to let them do what they need to do. Does that make sense with guidelines?
1: I think so. I mean, Rhiannon, you you and I worked what a few weddings together, didn't we?
2: Quite a few, yeah.
1: Yeah and like for each other like kind of, we used to do it as a trade off like we'd keep a tally basically of what you'd done and then yeah. and then at one point we decided we you know we should start paying each other properly
0: yeah
1: <laughs> um but, and I think I think it's fine mm-hmm. and I I I don't see a difference as long as because you're still going to communicate the same stuff
0: mhm I think Stephen Van Elk's just trying to stir the pot and... Hey, he's being a dick. <laughs> he's being a dick. Let's be face it. He's being a... He's a, he's, being <laughs> he's, a he's a great... He's a great Indiana... He's a great Indiana dick. Right, but you know? here, I don't so, know
2: Stephen, so I can't comment on whether or not he's a dick. But what I can say is that I think... He's American. He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Canadians and Americans don't like each other. That is true. Kind of like you, Scottish, don't like the English right. very much. Um,
0: but. Oh, we love the English. What are you talking about? Psh it's a french we don't like
2: <laughs> i do i do think there's something to be said though about shooting so i think it's different if you have obviously we all have other photographer friends who will second shoot for us and vice mm. versa i think that's different than hiring someone to shoot something for you so i've had ross come and shoot mm-hmm. a few things for me because i trust him i like his style and i know that i'll be comfortable with him But where it gets kind of dicey is when you have friends ask you to shoot their wedding. And I think, I I don't know, I think if they're really close friends that you've known for a long time and you know they're asking you because they like your style, it's okay. But see if someone who's like sort of an acquaintance, like one of those friends who like you're happy when you see them and you're out and about, but you're not best pals. I don't know about doing weddings for them. Mm. I think that could become very problematic.
0: No, I understand. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that. I didn't do my best mate's wedding and became a, groom, a groomsman. Well, you weren't an usher. Not, no, I was you an usher. Want
1: to be a, you want to be a guest. You want to enjoy it. I mean, yeah. Yeah,
0: but I would to stay sober. I was going to kill the other usher. So.
2: <laughs> do you not think it's weird, <laughs> though, that when you, when you do go to a photographer as... A, when you do go to a photographer. When you do go to a wedding as a guest and not a photographer, do you not feel that you watch what the photographer does? Because you can't help it. You're watching somebody oh, yes. who does what you do. Oh.
0: I do a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so the, the the first wedding that happened to me was actually a couple of years ago and it was two photographers that i will say that i'm not a big fan of uh, one in particular and all i heard I was, I click, was click 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 through this was driving me nuts um it didn't help having my ex-girlfriend and Irish next to me right ex girlfriend right in front of me and iris right next to me that was awkward and then <laughs> just the way they worked I didn't agree with I really didn't agree with it we never saw the couple almost the whole day and it was it was quite awkward and then the second the second wedding was actually I told them not to originally book this photographer but they did um the rant is for another day another podcast um but (laughs) let's just say I was mortified at their attitude the service they provided and how much they paid for this person as well for what they got so yeah, I wish I had done it, but I still got a really ace shot at night on the bridge at Logie and they used that instead of any of his pictures. That's
2: well, great. that's good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Next question. Oh, you Next got question. something? Have yeah, you no have question. So seen. I have from Sean A. Craig. How did you find your editing style? What are your thoughts on keeping it relative over the years? Thoughts on popular presets that appear popular? Uh, example, Mastin... And tribe, What are you pointing at?
1: Rhiannon's going to go Oh, first. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, gonna, I, I'm trying to say that Rhiannon's going to go first and not let you... Yeah, yeah, you no, <laughs> of course, of course. I
0: just did that last one because it was Steven, you know? That's all right. Yes. So, right. style. How did you find your editing style? Do you use any presets? And do you try and keep it relative... Right,
2: so I would see. be lying if I said that I have found my final editing style because I feel like it's always kind of mm-hmm. changing. Um, I definitely, yeah. when I started out, I edited things really basic. Like it was more sort of fixing things that I hadn't shot very well because I was still learning. Now I'm fairly happy for the most part with what I get out of camera, so I don't like to do a ton to it. Um, but obviously I'm, I'm still going to edit things. Oh, you, um, you're not
0: a Sony shooter, are you? No, are you Sony no, no, shooter?
2: no,
1: no. she's not
0: Nickel- oh, yeah, right. so I have to so put with hear from Sony with Get everything in camera. No,
2: no, I definitely don't. I still edit it, but I just, I feel now like I don't edit nearly as much as I used to. Um, I do, I yeah. kind of start out with some of the Fuji presets um, and play around with mm-hmm. them a little bit, but I don't, I don't really stick to a set. I definitely am more in the darker, moodier mm-hmm. side than I am the kind of overexposed, um bright and dreamy kind of thing light and airy whatever you call it um but i don't That's i nice, think it nice. takes <laughs> a while yeah ross you shoot you shoot mm-hmm. more kind of bright and airy than i do but i don't think i'm so dark that um let's
0: burn out the sky ross let's burn out <laughs> the sky don't
1: need the sky amateur get rid of the sky didn't like the sky anyway but See i that think sun? don't need the sun yeah
0: <laughs> get the red blinking on it bing 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 whoa Sorry. No,
2: everybody does it kind of different. But I do think you kind of just find what works for you. And I think the better you get, the more you sort of learn how to shoot for your own edit. So I know, for example, if I'm second mm. shooting for Ross, I'm probably going to sl- expose things a little bit more than I would if I was shooting it for myself. Um, but I don't mm. I don't know how you find your style. I think you just play around with different things and see what works for you and how you shoot. And it's it's always changing. I agree.
0: I agree with that. And I think your your editing style should change. You should change it. I think there's definitely trends. You know, there's trends out there with that people want. You know, they have the dark, the moody, I see the light, the airy, the 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 film kind of style. Mm -hmm. And I think a good quality photographer adapts a style over the, the years. I know mine has changed, you know, quite a number of times and I think I'm slowly starting to find the kind of area that I like Um, I have used Mastin Labs I love the Fuji ones Um, I started using the developed ones recently especially um, Jose Vila I think that's oh, how you pronounce his last name bad. Jose Vila I oh, absolutely love awesome. that man I love his work and I love that he
1: really shoots film
0: though he shoots film but he, no he shoots digital as well he, he's like he? yeah, yeah he's digital as well but yeah, his digital him. are and his film are pretty much bang on so but he has a a dedicated editor which is insane yeah. you know yeah. but he's charging forty, fifty thousand 50 thousand dollars for a wedding you know so <laughs> oh yeah so oh easily yeah yeah I'm telling you wow. Yeah, I would, uh, Yeah, he's minted now. <laughs> but I, I think finding your style, definitely trying presets. Presets do help, you know, and then, but don't just work off the standard preset. Adjust it, adjust that preset to how you want it. And when you see that style that you love and you're proud of, that's when you know that you've got it, but you will still adapt it over the years. And I find a lot of photographers who retire, get a little bit older. Don't adapt their style. They're still doing what they were doing ten years ago, and you you can't do that. You have to you have to adjust it. No. Would you agree? No, you disagree. No. No, yeah. no.
1: I, well, I mean, I I start with. I have like three presets basically: one in color and three in black and white, mm. and I'll. It depends on the lighting conditions. it Depends yeah. on the venue. Depends on where everything's shot.
0: Did you just say three presets: one in color and three in black and white?
1: No, three three in color and three in black and white.
0: Oh, so you got six presets. Oh. I thought yeah. you were a math teacher.
1: This is like hour <laughs> three of podcasting. And you're within my reach of a punch. Um,
0: you won't be the first.
1: So, yeah, I, I tend to have like a, a, a one that works for female skin tones, one that works for male skin tones, and one that's just kind of in between or whatever. And then the black and whites so will be slightly darker, slightly brighter, slightly medium. And I try to stick because to, I think is I think it's quite important if you look at someone's work. I don't. I don't think it's fair that a bride and groom would necessarily see your work and then book you, and then you'll see. So they'll see something else when they produce What 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 you're showing people online or on your website, etc. I think needs to be fairly close to what you're. Able yeah. To be on a day. I completely agree. Yeah. To pet hate mine. It can't. Yeah. There's no point in pushing out tons of images like had a, a, a first um what's my call it? a newborn no sorry it was a first birthday shoot the other day and the the, the mum was like i love these images and she showed me a few from pinterest which i was fine with i yep, don't mind it i'm okay with that but they were from like california and this oh. gorgeous like golden light and i'm <laughs> like um not really sure i can reproduce that on mm-hmm. a richard Lorder's kind of stuff golden light <laughs> It's,
0: um, yeah, yeah good luck with that in scotland <laughs> exactly. Exactly. it is it's it's um cool. Any anything else to kind of on that topic
2: no i think you're absolutely yeah, right like, another
0: question yeah
2: i think um your work is constantly evolving and people know that but i think you you can't be bright and airy one day and dark and moody the next and you can't be all over the place because there's no consistency mm. to your work. And you're right, then what if somebody books mm-hmm. you with a bunch of stuff that looks one way and you completely change your style so far in the other direction that they're not happy? So I think you can constantly change it within reason, but you still kind of have to have a bit of a flow.
0: Yeah. I When I when I transitioned from one style to another, there wasn't a big difference, but what I end up doing was, and this was... More of a safety option was I'd deliver the photographs to a client with the original edit, and I'd say, "Look, I am slowly changing my style. Here's another folder of images that I've tweaked to how it's I want just to do like things."
1: Creating extra work for yourself. it was, but I did that in the
0: transition period where I was changing over to it. It was a hell of a lot of work, and it wasn't even outsourced. But it, it allowed me to Bullshit. slowly trans trans transition into the to the next stage yeah. because couples could then decide which one they wanted. So um, it's kind of like that with albums. Yeah. And outsourcing helped me keep keep consistency because yeah. I wasn't being consistent with my editing and it was all over the place. But finding a style I liked, outsourcing it to Photographer's Edit, that I Actually, to
1: be fair, for Photographer's Edit, someone posted on a group today on Facebook said they were swamped with editing. Can anybody recommend any outsources? And I, I typed in, oh. I said Photographer's Edit.
0: You could have let me know, I would have given you a referral code. I would have gotten some money but for I it.
1: Couldn't why would i
0: want you to get money because Where's then i would goes? give it i might give it to you then you could use it <laughs> okay. so you can play some more golf <laughs> or spend time with your girlfriend girlfriend oh sure okay sorry right. ace next question i got i think
1: have we got one on
0: the- i got i got one more very very very, very quick okay. one okay and then we can go and to your to important there, question yeah so yeah because yeah. So, yeah, we're almost there, and uh, for 50 minutes so i have um well, he asked one question about businesses and service providers, but we kind of already gone into that about teaming up with other businesses and things like that yes. with them with, um, before. So mm-hmm. it's fine. And he says, What excites you the most about photography? How do you keep yourself engaged so that it's not just a job?
2: That's a good one. Um, Who wants to answer
0: first? Ross, do you want to go first? Yeah, Ross, or, go let for let it. Let's go first. Let's no, go I first. Think- Go for it, how, how How do you make it? It's not just a job. Because it's not just your job. Because well, you have a full-time that job. That's an
1: easy question to answer because it's not my job.
0: So the answer <laughs> is to go and get a real job. Get another job, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I, th- I genuinely do think the answer is slightly related to that. And you did say this once before. Not on the podcast, but to me separately. Uh, if you, I, I still don't understand how people can do 60 or 70 weddings a year mm-hmm. and remain creative, interested, yeah. uh you know, producing their best work at all times if they're doing that many weddings. I'm not saying you only do 15 a year. That's my limit because I have another job. I think you need to find a limit where you can put your mm-hmm. absolute 100% best into each wedding, make the figures you need to make to keep a living and earn a living, but but find a level that keeps gives you enough time to relax, gives you enough time to uh, work-life balance and keep things creative and mm-hmm. producing the work you do.
0: 34 is my limit. I know that. 35. That push. Yeah.
1: 36 if it's a royal. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how would you... How, how do you find stopping it from just being a job?
2: I think the key for me is not getting too routine with it. So um for instance I'm not interested in shooting at the same venue every single weekend I if there's venues I love obviously I'm happy to do a few weddings a year there but I want to always be shooting in new places and I think for me too I don't have a repertoire of like I get these 12 shots of the couple and these 10 shots of the wedding party to me it's different every time so yeah I have go-to things that work well for me um but I'm not kind of following a strict plan every time I go out and shoot. And for me, that keeps it exciting. It means I'm being creative in the moment. Um, And I have a limit, too. Like, I'm about 25 weddings a year. That's kind of my cap because I do the family and baby stuff as well. Um, But to me, that's enough. That's enough for me to earn what I need. Um, And I still love what I do. I'm not, you know, shooting four weddings in a weekend and sick of it by the last one.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. No it is, and it's 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 very difficult. I mean for me i I was getting that way a couple of years mm. ago, and I really had to push my creativity, so I started fine challenging myself. I started seeing photographs that other people had taken, not so much really local photographers, but American photographers, poses, styles, and I think definitely bringing on my night sky at nighttime kind of photography has really helped push my creativity so that i enjoy it more you know so at one o'clock in the morning when your groom is borderline paralytic and the bride's like oh look the stars outside let's go out and take a picture at one o'clock in the morning i'm like yeah let's go for it and the groom falls asleep but never mind that's a different story <laughs> great couple but he fell asleep while prepping for the night show <laughs> I love it, bless you. he was hammered. You are, you
1: are quite boring, to be fair. So. I
0: am quite boring, I do, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. But um, I find just, you know, setting setting yourself goals, finding something that you enjoy doing and incorporating that into, into the photography. But even just pushing yourself to get better and to get more creative shots should keep it from getting mundane. And if it does start to get mundane and you are in a rut and you're doing that, go and get another job go like seriously go and get a job and then you remind yourself how good you had it and how how lucky you are to, to be doing what you're doing and, and that'll help or start entering competitions join a guild join a, a, a association join a cult join a cult <laughs> a camera club cult a camera club <laughs>
1: i tried to get reality, that didn't work
0: no i'm the same. i'm just not no do you want to answer your question Do you want to ask your question? Sorry, I wanted
1: to ask Brianna one last question before we let her go because she's it's super late and she's been brilliant for almost an hour now. (laughs) It's fine. So just to finish it off. So if you now you've done like four years of shifting your business over, finding all new clients and stuff. What would be the one thing that you would tell your four year ago self, if that makes sense? Oh, that's a um, good one. That was. What it advice like would you most, give your four-year-old for
0: what, yeah, advice? what advice would
1: you give your four year ago self?
0: Yeah. I'll know, do. Sense.
1: That that would make the whole last four years much easier. Right. Uh,
2: it would definitely Teacher. be stop
1: c- one one thing, one
2: thing. Right. It would be stop comparing myself to other photographers. I think in this lovely Instagram world that we live in, this is near impossible, but it's so easy mm-hmm. to go online and look at people who are way further ahead in their career or just extremely talented. And you're always comparing yourself to other people rather than just looking at how far you've grown. So that's the biggest thing to me, is every time I get in that phase where I'm like, I'm never going to be as good as this person, or. Um, or I start looking like oh look at that person they look like they're super busy which I mean we never know right you never know what somebody else is fully booked is and obviously there's all this Mm -hmm. illusion online and how truthful are people being but I think that's the key is just if I look back at the stuff I shot when I was starting out and how far I've progressed that's really the only thing I should be looking at instead of you know trying to Mm -hmm. compare to everybody else.
0: That's why I had to remove Ross from Instagram because every time I looked at his pictures I just compared myself to him and how amazing, how wonderful he is. Look into my eyes, Ross, look into yeah, my eyes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. quite a lot of romance happening. <laughs> it's almost... <isn't> it? <laughs> I know. Because it's, 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 we're intimate it's, with it's each stopped. other. We're intimate. I'm like, intimate, Ross, years we're years intimate. <laughs> <laughs> this is horrible. Rhiannon, thank you very much for joining us.
2: You're welcome. Us. Thanks for having me.
1: i putting up with us.
0: Do, do you want to ask her where we can find her on the internet?
1: Yeah, I suppose that's a fair point. The whole point of this is to <laughs> network and tell us where you are. So where are you on the tinterweb
2: right so i am at uh and Neil on facebook and instagram and uh, my oh. website's just riannonneil.com so a bit confusing because my name is now Rhiannon loudon but uh yeah pretty straightforward Neil, facebook instagram and website
1: brilliant thank you very much Thanks, amazing guys. thank you
0: thank you so much for coming on it's been a pleasure to to chat to you and oh wait
1: and i think i don't are you our first female guest on the podcast
0: no, Woo-hoo! we had the least bender. So we did to be the least but, uh, but we first wedding female one, wedding stopper.
1: Yay wedding, um, guest
0: on the we should we should we should we should get it back on again and we can we can discuss about the difference between male and female. Oh, I like that and idea. To how to see things differently. Yeah. I I'm in for that. We'll do
1: that we'll also do that in a place where we don't have this reverberation echo going on because it's And you, you
0: can't crazy. sit here and smell me.
1: <laughs> I like it. yeah, we'll have to go somewhere else. <laughs> I, we'll do it when I'm in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> okay Thank Thanks, you very much guys. pleasure thank Thanks you so
0: thank much. you. See you soon. Bye bye bye. Bye bye. bye. bye.